0: Today, I am joined by inspirational guest, Margaret Agard. Margaret is an award-winning author, a former executive in the high-tech industry. She's a mother to eight kids and seven stepkids, and she's a Christian mystic and a Reiki level two healer. So we're going to be talking to her about our life and everything that she's up to. Margaret, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: And thank you for having me, Curtis. I've been looking forward to this.
0: Me too, as well. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: I as, I, as you mentioned, I am the mother of eight children and now have seven stepchildren. They were never all in the home at the same time. By the time I remarried, most of our children were raised. But what had happened in my mid-40s is that uh, I became the sole financial support for my eight children and was a single mother. I I did have a good job. I worked in the high-tech industry, but I didn't have a degree. And so the high-tech industry is kind of a stabilizing and people needed degrees. I still had about a year left to finish my degree. So I also went back to school full-time. So now I have eight children, which basically felt like a full-time job, was working full-time to keep them fed and clothed and roof over their heads and was going to school full-time. And at that point. I was getting maybe four hours sleep a night, if I was lucky, and I knew how to set priorities. I was, I love to-do lists. I was the kind of person who, if I did something that wasn't on my to-do list, I like to write it on my to-do list so I could check it off. And at but at this point, everything looked like a priority. Everything looked important. There was no way, even if I only focused on the things that were most important, that I could get it all done. I would think I could work 24-7, and I would still have things to do. It was was um, a stressful time. And so at that point in time is when I started taking my to-do list to God.
0: And so what happened when when you did that, when you took your to-do list to God?
1: When I first started doing it, Curtis, what I would do is is ask this question, what should I get done today? I started asking that question because often it seemed like I would do what I thought was the most important thing, and it turned out not to have been important. I would do a paper for a class only to find out when I showed up with it that the teacher wasn't there and that I wouldn't have to turn that that paper in until a few days later. Or I would do reports for clients and they would say, oh, you know, we're completely changing how we're going to do that. And it just seemed as if if I only knew the future, I would know what to do. And so that's when I started thinking, well, who knows the future? I thank God. So I started asking God, take my to-do list every day and just look at it and listen to that still small voice. Some people think of it as spirit or intuition, whatever way. Works for people. That's what I was doing. I would just look at it and think, okay, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this. I have to do something, but I should do this other thing. And I did that for a while. And within a short time, all of a sudden, my life just became so much easier. I, if I only did what was on the list that I felt that morning that I should do, I was finished every night by about eight o'clock. I could just sit down and relax, enjoy time with my children, which Hadn't been happening even a couple of weeks before. And I started doing more helpful things for other people. So it seemed as if God was helping me get my life in order. And at the same time, he was putting it in a new direction. So what happened is I got more sleep, got more done and had a lot less stress.
0: Breaking of stress. Tell us about your time as a executive high tech in the high tech industry. Tell us about that and kind of what you did. Give us a brief description.
1: When I started in the high tech industry i I was programming, but eventually I went into sales because it seemed as if people often weren't getting the right software, they didn't know how to figure out what they needed, and so for I started doing sales, business to business sales. And I actually in the construction industry, my dad was a contractor, you know, a commercial contractor. And so I knew a lot about how that worked. And eventually I ended up as an executive, you know, sales management and then a regional manager for sales. I didn't go much higher because I was trying not to travel. I needed to be home with the children at night. Sometimes Curtis, I thought, now if I just had a wife. I could travel. (laughs) I can make even more money, but I was the wife and the mother.
0: Well, tell us about you. You're also a Christian mystic and a Reiki two level or Reiki level two healer. Tell us what those are and what you do with that.
1: It's interesting because I heard someone else call themselves a Christian mystic and I looked it up and I thought, oh, I'm that too. A Christian mystic is a person who seeks to spend all their time in the presence of the divine, who basically invites God to be part of their life constantly. And that's what I'm doing. When I say every day, what do you, it's changed now, instead of saying, what should I do? I say, what do you want me to do, God? And then my life even changed faster and better. And then throughout the day, I'm just paying attention to whether or not I'm feeling love for people. When God is present in my heart, I love people. I'm not critical or judgmental, even if they're making a big mess of their life, Curtis. (laughs) I'm like loving them anyway, which is, I think, what God does. Oh, I'm Reiki level two healer. Now that was a little different. Reiki level two is when you can do distance healing. And when I first started doing Reiki, it wasn't my intention. I was actually studying to become a massage therapist, but the person who was doing the training said, first, I'm going to attune you to Reiki healing, which is energy healing. And And I actually felt it. I actually felt that I put my hands on people's head. I could actually feel energy. And they would tell me they could feel it. And I thought, well, you know, I guess that's like electricity. You know, you can't really see electricity and if you've ever used a TENS machine on your your body, you put maybe two points and, and you can kind of feel the electricity going through your body. And that's what happens when I do Reiki healing. I'm connecting to some kind of energy force. And as I put my hands on people, that force will flow throughout their body. That's what they feel. They feel warmth and healing. And then at some point in my life, I thought, hmm, is this Christian? Should I really be doing this? And so I asked, should I be doing this? And the answer came, you know, all good things come from God. And as Christians, we seek after good things. And that is exactly what Christ was doing. He would touch people and they would be healed. And Reiki level two means you can do distance healing. You actually can send that healing energy. And, you know, Christ did that. So I think, well, it must be it must be okay. Must be Christian.
0: Tell us one prayer that can improve almost any relationship.
1: Good question. So what was happening, Curtis, is I had a 15-year-old who I loved but didn't like much because he was just arrogant and demanding and critical and just ugh. And so one day I said to Heavenly Father, God, I don't know, I don't know what to do with about this boy. And he said Well, I want you to pray to see him as I see him and to love him as I love him. So I prayed that prayer. And quickly, within a few days, I'm looking through a magazine and I see an article about a boy who had accused a favorite coach of basically sexual assault. And the whole town loved the coach and turned against the boy. He was being pilloried. And as I was, I thought, Oh, that just something like that just happened in our town. That's what I was thinking as I read the article. And then I realized the article was about our town. And the boy said this, he was so hurt, so discouraged. He was suicidal. And what got him through it is he had on the dresser next to him, a framed, what would you call it? Sheet of paper where people, a few people had signed that said on it, we believe you and we're here for you. And that's when I remembered that the son, my 15 year old had, I remember taking him to school one day and letting him out of the car. And he said to me, I don't like what's happening to that boy. I'm going to ask if I can put a, pass a petition around at school so that people who believe him and support him can sign it. And then when I picked him up that afternoon. He said to me, he was so angry. He said, the principal said, I couldn't pass the petition around because he didn't want this talked about anymore at school. It was a legal matter, and we needed to just not be talking about it at school. So he said, I got a few of my friends, we signed it, and we gave it to the boy. And as I read that article, I realized that's how God saw my son, as someone who would see a hurting person and would do what he could to help them. It completely changed how I saw him. And since that time, I have often prayed that prayer. And what I feel come into my heart is God's love for people and why and how he loves those particular people.
0: Tell us about your books. Tell us about what readers can expect when they read them and where to purchase them.
1: If you go to my website, inhisfootsteps.com, I have the links to the two books that are out now. The first one is the to-do list. And honestly, it takes like five minutes to explain how to do this. But what's in the book is what happened when I started doing this and how my life changed and what I learned, like that story that I just told about my son is in that book, as well as other similar stories. And then the second book is about missions. So the difference between you know, living your life for God at home and living your life for God on a mission is you don't have anything to do on the mission except what God needs you to do. So that was fun. My husband and I really enjoyed those and learned a lot, learned a lot about prayer, learned about why prayers need to be specific, learned a lot about why God would often have me do things that I thought were humiliating only to find out it was a blessing for people. (laughs) And so that's what that book is about. The third book, which isn't done yet, is about my marriage to Parker, it became a healing marriage to all of our family. And there's a little pop-up that comes up. It doesn't cover the whole screen. It's kind of off to the side that says, you know, sign up for my newsletter. And that newsletter goes out once a month. It has inspiring, one inspiring story. And it will let people who are on the newsletter list know when the third book is available.
0: Besides that third book, do you have any upcoming projects that people need to know about?
1: No, I'm committed to getting that book finished, you know.
0: Well, that was a pretty uh, yeah. straightforward answer there. Yeah. <laughs> so in his dot com, give out any social media links that you might want people to connect with you and keep up with everything that you're doing.
1: They're actually on the bottom of that page. If you go there, there's also some stories that are on the on my blog. and. There are links to my Facebook page, my Instagram account, my Twitter account, and my YouTube account.
0: Okay, close us out with some final thoughts. Anything that you want to touch on that I might have missed?
1: I can't think of anything, Curtis, except to say, I hope people will try this. And some people will say, I'm so busy, I don't have time for that. And to me, that's like saying my house is too dirty. I don't have time to have a cleaning woman come in and clean it. What will happen if your life is overwhelming is it will stop being overwhelming and you'll find a life of true purpose that you love.
0: Yep. Give that to-do list to God in his footsteps.com. Be sure to follow, rate, review, share this episode to as many people as possible. And Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Margaret Agard, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Curtis. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.